Welcome to season two of the One and Done podcast, where we are dedicated to making young people successful in business early in life. We're recording today from the Rollo Insurance Studio in College Station, Texas. Let's get it started. All right, guys, welcome back to season two, episode three of the One and Done podcast. Today, I got a special guest, uh, Mr. Ty Malachek. He's a senior associate with the Stone Collection. Ty, welcome to the podcast. I don't know about special, but uh, I'm honored to be on, man. And, you know, just an ordinary guy with, uh, just likes to work hard, you know, likes to see things come true and create his own destiny if possible. Absolutely. No, definitely a special guest, man. We got a lot of, we got a lot of ties that, that go back to each other. Um, first time meeting each other, but it's a pleasure doing so. So, um, Ty's a great, great guest. He's coming from two industries. We, we don't have, we haven't talked to a lot. So, uh, the 3d printing industry and the stone industry. So Ty, why don't you give the listeners a little bit of a background about how you got into both of these industries and exactly what these industries are, what you do on a day-to-day basis. So, uh, 3d printing, I kind of got into, uh, by accident to a degree. I was, when I was in college, right after my freshman year, I'd, I'd entered startup Aggieland Accelerator at Texas A&M. And I got accepted there and dabbled in a concept, pivoted, worked through, learned a lot. And nonetheless, I got into about six, eight months later, I started working with a patent on the side that, uh, that I had to help co-found and we were working towards, as most do with patents, which is licensing or outright sell the product, et cetera. And I felt if we're going to take this concept, it's a lot better than just show some CAD drawings or 3D images of the functionality of sorts. Hey, look at this video, Mr. Investor. Or, you know, so we talked to JC Penney's, we talked to uh, their corporate office here in Dallas and a few different other investors. And I felt we'd add for sure a zero potentially to our idea if we had something that you could hand off, they could feel in touch and they go, okay, these kids have got it. So that was kind of my idea and what we had done and kind of worked towards executing and selling it. And that was kind of the sales package that we felt would be the most return on investment. And um, during that time, I'd worked through the Aggie network to try to find 3D prototyping. And because it's here and it was such a fad, obviously a cheaper way to uh, than injection molding, of course, which is, a $5,000, $10,000 plus investment burden with no revisions or whatnot. So that's what makes 3D printing unique. And I'll touch on that in a second. But a guy named Casey Knight, he's about a little over 30, had a wife and kid, was in the oil services business, had a mechanical engineering background. And he had heard about the 3D printing wave and the, what we call consumer grade printers at a time pretty early on. He had worked while he was at AM in the engineering lab. And they had a Stratus machine, which was like a half a million dollar machine or more at the time. And he was pretty fluent with it. He was one of the better that worked with that. And so when he heard a few years later that they were coming out with these consumer grade printers that you could buy for a lot less barrier, barrier to entries and to purchase the machine and to fidget and work with it and experiment was uh, so much more of a reality to average daily, everyday consumers, which we're seeing more and more as time has gone on. Um, so he thought, why not? I'll get one, fidget with it. It was a lighting closet that he had a the printer and a uh, computer monitor set up. And uh, he would just kind of start there. And that's where I saw this kind of started. And uh, now here we are over 100 plus printers and uh, on sizable investments. And um, so he and I had talked. By the time I had met him, he was running a business and had already paid off the truck note. He had six printers in his upstairs bedroom. We had talked, and I was like, wow, to see where he'd come from in just that short time. You know, we definitely recognized 3D printing was was up and coming and something to be reckoned with. But 
this guy here was just kind of got it. And he was just so driven and forward thinking that, uh, you know, the main thing I would recommend just as a short tidbit is you, you have to surround yourself with people that are going to make you better and that you acknowledge as um, people that complement your skill set. Uh, and I'll touch more on that in a second too. But so he and I met, we worked, we got him out of that shop, uh, upstairs bedroom into a shop. Uh, we had gone to about 20 printers and then another four months after that, uh, I joined and uh, we pretty much doubled the fleet um, up to about 40 printers at that point. And this was about uh, three years ago. And uh, like I said, now we've compounded and compounded our business model and um, grown from, we doubled it, did a twin space next to us. And then last year we moved into a uh, 5,500 square foot building. Uh, we were about at 80, 85 printers at that time. The scale may seem like we, we've gotten smaller, but the type of machines we bought were a much heavier investment than what we'd call consumer grade machines, quarter million dollar machines plus, and which broadened the capabilities of the amount of production we could do and uh, the services we could provide and the materials we could print, which would allow more services and industries to be within our market. So, uh, and now just recently, we've got the twin space next to us. So we're, we're operating at like 8,000. 9,500 uh, square feet worth of warehouse space. And uh, it's been fun to see and grow. Uh, to answer your other question, the natural stone business, um, I was approached by somebody that is very close to me that I consider a mentor about uh, joining the natural stone business. And uh, it was a unique opportunity. The last year, I, I had to close down my parking management company. And, uh, you know, COVID had some extremely unprecedented times. And uh, it was a 100-year um, type of pandemic that occurred. And in parking management, our base level service and what we cut our teeth was was uh, was valet. We were working towards the, you know the lot management, the profit splits, the garage management, the asset owning and management side of things, and uh, we were working our way there. And it, you know it was just a timing thing. It was kind of God, it's divine intervention stepped in and just said, "Ty, think you need to wipe your hands clean and just kind of move on." So I'm a minority interest partner in 3D uh, iSolids, based out of Spring, Texas, and uh, my business partner and I have got a really great relationship uh we've kind of had to exit and remove a sour business partner at a time which has allowed us to grow i'd also had that same business partner the three uh, the parking management company and you know one thing that i'll just throw a tidbit in here if you don't have integrity or those that you work with or partner with don't have integrity they're not your partners nor they are your friends uh they're really not worth having you got to really remove negative and toxic energy and just people in general from your group in all ways possible and identifying them the sooner you identify them the better it's kind of like the the higher slow fire fast type of deal that's how you the same approach you want to take the partnerships and, and just friends in general so I, hospitality was hit as hard as any ballet was an extension of hospitality so all the restaurants or hospitals whenever they shut down last year you know we were the first to go we were the last to come back so at that point you know, I stuck around. I was really actually just ranching on the side to keep cash flow and keep food on the table for uh, for my, my family and uh, just grinding. Kind of survival mode kicked in, and I did what I had to do last year. And about the middle of last year, I started looking for a new career path once I we were knew we were going to kind of close shop with the parking company. And, uh, you know, the fortunate part is, is that I don't get any um, income or salary through the 3D printing company. I've dedicated all the funds that could be made into reinvesting that company. You may as well tech, 
for a tech booming company, it's one of those things you really can't afford to sit there and wait or to draw funds away because you're just going to lose sight of the bigger picture, which is more of the exit strategy and uh, allowing the opportunity and value to grow the company. So that's what I do on that side of things. I work remote. It was a lot easier for me even, I'll be quite frank, when I was in the parking company because I was able to dele delegate a team and I was able to drive down to Spring, Texas. I live in Dallas now. College Station, it's only an hour and 15-minute drive from Spring. So it was easy there back and forth all the time. I try to go at least once a month. Uh, but I still talk with Kaysen, you know, every bit of once, twice, three times a week, and uh, which is critical for us. And I do more of the higher level thinking, the processes, you know, where are we going? What do we have to do now to, to get to where we're going? And making sure we don't make critical mistakes that could cost us in the end. So with Natural Stone last year, I was telling Jackson a minute ago, real estate was an opportunity. I was going to get into personal insurance, funny enough. Uh, and I was approached by, like I said, a mentor for the Natural Stone business of mine that owned a company that had eight locations nationwide in five different states. And uh, I, it was kind of one of those things. I felt that it was the right time I could accelerate quickly throughout the company. Um, and because of his commitment to, to me and his vision that he had for myself within my skill set, uh, I came up here to meet a guy named Alan Odom that is the absolute pioneer of the stone business and importing stone. He was a wholesaler, and that's what we do here today. And we've kind of really revolutionized the business to a degree. And uh, it's an experience, really, I, I'm fortunate to be at the company. It's unlike any other that uh, not just the world, but here in the United States, for sure. And uh, so, Alan, we kind of tick alike, think the same way. I was within 15 minutes, we were just asking. I was like, well, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing this? And he's like, well, I know. Tell me about it. And this and that. I've been trying to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were just working forward, moving and grooving, and our, our relationship is really unique. And um, it's been a huge opportunity for me. I, I made the commitment to move to Dallas, and it was a good change. You know, I'd, I'd always been a College Station born and raised guy, third generation Aggie, and uh, I, I, that's forever home to me. But, uh, you know, every, every life has a chapter, so don't be afraid to jump and uh, do what's best for your career. And that's what I, I had to do for my family and I, and it's, uh, it's been very rewarding, and it's exciting to see. And, uh, yeah, that's that. That's awesome. You know, uh, it's good to hear all the, the stuff, you know, we were talking earlier and something I want you to highlight on here is the fact that you told me, you know, when you were in college, you, you tried to make sure when you left college, you had a job ready for you. Right. I think that's a lot of people's approach that I created, a, created job. a job. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people's approaches, you know, go to college to find that job. You were saying I'm going to college and I'm going to create a job. So that way I know I have an employer. Talk a little bit about that because I think that's a very, it shows your entrepreneurial spirit. And, and that's what people are hearing in this, right? The parking company that's no longer around, but even in the stone company, you're moving up and you got the 3D printing company that you're you're still a minority owner in. Talk about what your mindset was in college to create your own job. As you know, I've, I've mentioned to you and I said my questionnaire, I'm, a, I'm an extremely driven person. Uh, I'm not going to apologize for that. I take pride in that. And uh, you probably wouldn't be, well, the majority of the people, well, I, let me say this, half the people that here sit here listen to this podcast are those that are driven and are looking for a career and uh, or looking to create a career for themselves. And you may be searching and trying to find exactly what you want to do. Uh, I have an entrepreneurship background that's kind of double bred and that's just who I am. And, and, and it's okay if you're not. It really is. There are highly successful people here that are entrepreneurs in their mind but not actually entrepreneurs and more so than anything. Well, and an alternative to that the vice versa flip side of it is, is that there are entrepreneurs that 
never a day in their life have they actually worked as an entrepreneur, but they truly intrinsically think as an entrepreneur. And you see so many stories that and so many different paths. Like I, I, I went to it. I was like, I'm going to jump. I'm going to try to figure it out. You know, even if I fell in the, my face to a degree, I was going to get back up and keep rolling and learn from it because unless you have failures or learning opportunities, as I'll call it, well, you're really not progressing and adding value to who you are. So when I say I was trying to be an entrepreneur and provide a job and create a job for myself, by the time I got out, I definitely had high ambitions, as a lot of us do. More than anything, I think that it's important that you recognize your circumstances, your surroundings, your net. So that's that's what I want to say. I'm an extremely outgoing person. You know, I, I can talk too much or ramble on. Your network is your net worth. Point blank, simple as that. Embrace failure. Um, you can't be scared to take risk, but your network is your net worth. So go out, talk to as many people as you can, just venture out, explore, take risk. Um, really put yourself out on the edge there and put yourself in uncomfortable situations. And, and you know, it sounds easy to say, and it's, it, it's easy to take the easy road, but put yourself in uncomfortable situations. You want to do something, be something. And that's, that was the greatest part about me being at Startup Aguiland. It's what I would call is probably my primary education for entrepreneurship at A&M and my primary learning as such. Um, even though I was able to passively, indirectly watch close up a lot of successful entrepreneurs uh, in my upbringing. I'm very grateful for that, but also when I went to a go seek out those networks and those communities and those groups at A&M, Startup Aguiland was great for me because I was fortunate enough to get accepted, let alone be in a group of some of the brightest individuals there at the university. And then having the middle ground, the peers, the, the peer mentors, and then that have had a little bit of experience, and then you have the senior mentors is what I'll call it as, which were like the people that were successful entrepreneurs out there in the field for years and years and years in various different industries. And I had a simple concept that was uh, based on 3D scanning and uh, creating a fashion potentially brand and whatnot. And then it moved to, uh, you know, taking that 3D scanning and, and pivoting and leveraging that technology to create for mastectomy or breast cancer patients, uh, bras or different implants that were cosmetic and so th and then i got into another day. but what that taught me was you have to be able to pivot 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 is the main word and at start of aguiland you're getting grilled grilled for 10 minutes week to week to week every wednesday when you go by well, what's what are you gonna do here what's you gonna do here well what you gonna do here? well it's like well i didn't think about that or oh wow you're right this is going to be a flop of an idea if I don't actually do this. So uh, I was able to adjust my idea. You have to be open-minded. And what they always told me was they had a motto in the conference room where we all met was they had an ugly baby with a mustache, squinty face and everything. And they say, what's that? First day orientation. I say, well, pretty ugly looking baby. And they go, that's right. You know, this baby that you started this whole that you, this business idea or concept you have, that's your baby, but it may be an ugly baby. So you got to be willing to adapt and adjust and be open-minded and willing to try to focus on the long-term. You know, if you tweak your idea just there, whether it's a, 
business that's been around for 40 years or it's a, just an idea. If you're willing to change it just a little bit, that can provide them that success. So really what I'm getting out of here, just tidbits of like ways to get to, you know, be driven, healthy habits, discipline. And I also had my fair share of fun in college. I'm not going to tell you I didn't, but what I, what I did do, I had a lot of all-nighters. Not that it's something that's healthier I recommend, but for all that I had on my plate and commitments as, uh, I had to try to do that with, well, I had businesses during that time, so I had no choice. And I was trying to create dreams into reality. But what I did was, is I told myself that I was going to take advantage and capitalize on the times that everybody was partying, having a good time, rushing or doing whatever, getting involved. And I was going to take that time to work and to create a career for myself. So that's really the mindset of what I had. Uh, and you got to be willing to make sacrifices. I mean, that, that's that's the bottom line. Uh, and what I did always tell myself, and I always put, I, I put, I still to this day push the limits. My motto was always as an entrepreneur, as a potential partner, as a friend, as uh, somebody that was uh, on committees, whatever that may be. I told myself, if I'm going to commit to you or this cause or whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to commit 110% of me. But I'm going to be frank and honest if I just can't. So you have to tell yourself that. And you got to be straightforward and frank with the people that you're talking to as well uh, to say you're not going to do it unless you can give 110%. And if you can't, you got to be honest with yourself. You can't just focus. You can't spread yourself too thin. you got to specialize to a degree in everything you do as much as you can dabble within thoughts, conversations. Talk is cheap. Why not talk? Collaborate. I mean, network, network, network. I talk to people that I have not talked to in ages or people come and approach me with ideas or business opportunities because of the conversations we had together. You know, those things pay in due time. You know, those are some, some delayed payments to a degree, uh, or I can get in the banking terms, but, uh, that's a big thing. And the other thing I will say is like, I was kind of touching on a minute ago, everybody has their own story. You don't have to be an entrepreneur and it, well, and let me take that back. Because most of those that are striving to do something, they want to be entrepreneur. They want to be super happy within their career. You know, find things that you love. What I will tell you to do, what I mentioned in my questionnaire was, I'll be frank, I was never great in high school, my primary education. I was severe ADHD. I had a writing expression disorder, which, as the doctors put it, I can type up everything on a, in a computer, but when I press print, it doesn't always write out the same. So I'm a terrible writer. Uh, standardized testing was obviously not my thing either, being ADHD and the lack of focus. So I grinded and grinded to get into AM and I was fortunate enough to do that. In the spring semester of my senior year, I had a life-changing moment, and my mom told me to take the, the Berkman Career Assessment, and you don't have to take that one. There are plenty of assessments out there. There's Gallup Strength Finder. There's so many different assessments, but try to find one, if possible, that has a career analysis to it as well. If you're really like, man, I don't know what I want to do for a career. Man, I just entered a major in finance. I heard it's a lot of math. Okay, well, whatever. Economics, you don't, I mean, it doesn't matter. And so I approached, I went to just economics, ag economics. It was an easier major to get into at AM, one of the easier ones. You know, you're doing hay bales and tractors instead of cars and, you know, cell phones, whatever it may be. But it was easier to get into because, you know, the public appeal. And for me, I'm, I'm just a country kid. So I wanted to be around the ag school and those type of people. So it was a natural fit. I got in as soon as the, the math, and I'm, I'm, I'm great with, you know, basic sense of math, but when you get into calculus and all the algebra and stuff like that, well, the algebra has grown over time, but the way it was taught to me was not easy. So whatever, this and that, find something that you can thrive in that you enjoy, but, but also 
at the, the high school level, if you're any of those listeners, take or even college, you've got to take a personality assessment and hopefully find one with a career analysis to it just to start looking. Even if none of those or just one of the 20 assessment or career paths that are put there, put forth that are paired with you, check it out, discover what it is, learn about it. You got to try to learn and read and get referrals, et cetera. Leverage that network, talk to people, engage, find mentors. You got to find a mentor base, not just from a elevated singer mentor base, but you got to have peer network too, uh, peer mentor base as well, because collaboration, like I said, is key. So that was a life-changing moment for me because for the first time in my life, I felt like I could actually belong. I knew I always had talent and hard work and skill sets and whatnot, but I didn't really know where it found and where it laid. So that gave me the confidence I needed. And, and with that, I went to A&M and dove head first and um, just started talking to people, talking through ideas and business model. And that time, like Tesla was really coming around Uber and it really just blew my mind. It was a mindset thing, whether those capabilities or AI or computer sciences could be applied to you and what you're doing in your everyday life, which they can, we all know that. I, I try to think business stuff, you know, and concepts and ideas and shortcuts because they're so many like never before. Sometimes, most of the time, it's just reverse engineer technology that's used. I mean, let's think about it. So that's just the way life is. That's who entrepreneurs are creators. I'm a creator and innovator as well as much as a visionary. So I wanna, uh, no, I wanna jump in know on your that. strengths. Yeah, I want to jump in yeah, on that well, real quick because you said something that, that I wanted to get you to highlight a little bit more. You said that, you know, not everyone physically uh, is a entrepreneur but they need to intrinsically think like an entrepreneur to have that success. Yeah. I love that. I think it, I think that sentence embodies a lot of what we try to get out on this podcast. Everyone that we interview who's successful, they in some way say, you know, creative thinking, critical thinking, innovation, those kind of things. What would you associate with the intrinsical thinking of an entrepreneur? How do you mean by that? Cause I think there are tons of different entrepreneurs. Yeah. So what, so like whenever you say, you know, not everybody's going to be an entrepreneur, but people need to think like an entrepreneur to be successful. What are, what are those thoughts that are going to be running through their mind? So as, as what I always say as well is make smart decisions because at the end of the day, we're a walking brand. You are your own business. Think like it, act like it, be responsible. It's your life. It's your career. It's your future on a personal level, much less a business professional level. You have to think entrepreneurial-wise. You have to run yourself as a business, creating the healthy habits, lifestyles, keeping yourself, put the bumpers on like you're playing, like you're bowling. You know, you have to keep the blinders and blinkers on, and that'll pay dividends. And 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 like I touched on earlier, that'll kind of wrap up this thought. You can't be caught up on the facade or the idea or the fatuation of being the next Mark Zuckerberg. Or, you know, it's 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 not it's it's like the most smallest fraction. Not saying you can't because I may be talking to one of those guys, but don't be so locked into that idea. And it, it, the reason Zuckerberg, because he created that reality. He worked as hard as anybody, he stayed up, he had those late nights, he made it happen. And he they made some bold deals, bold claims, and you know made some crazy action. So don't get down on yourself if entrepreneurship is not what you jump into immediately in the professional world. You as a business, I, Time Malachek Incorporated, or wherever you may be, that is your own business that you want to, you want to be in the big leagues, be in the big leagues. You have to manage yourself like you are a business it, 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 point blank, plain and simple. You have to manage your time and to make sacrifices, the discipline, et cetera. If you have to start in a different career path, and even if you jump, keep jumping, if you're not happy and you know, you're not happy or, or caught up into the business, 
or the career that you're chasing, man, you, on a resume side of things, you know, I haven't had to do this much, but I do know as a hirer that you want somebody that's committed to the long term. When people are out there looking, recruiters are looking for, for people to bring in. They're not looking for people that jump around, jump around, jump around, jump around, one here, here, one here, there. But if you know, you know. So work on your exit strategy. Even talk to whoever your uh, your uh, senior person is within that company and say, hey, I, you know, I, I really don't think this is for me. I'll, I'll honor and work hard, but let's work maybe towards an exit strategy because I don't think it's good for you or me. So uh, and just talk and be. You have to be open, and frank, and honest, and engage with people, and uh, that'll that'll go a long, long ways. And just keep searching and find it. Always not be locked down to one necessarily thing. If you're not happy, you'll know when you're happy. And long term, you can still think like an entrepreneur, be like an entrepreneur, be a entrepreneur within your own mind. You can call yourself an entrepreneur, and you can give a spin on it. People, get, we're a walking brand. We sell who we are, our purpose everything value proposition so, yeah all of that. yeah it's value proposition so and you spend everything and, and, and view everything how you should and if that's the case you got to be open and frank and uh sell what you got because you know we're all in different circumstances i've seen the wealthiest of the wealthiest with an opportunity the most abundance of opportunities fell because of the decisions they make and we've seen the, the contrary to that which is you've seen the ones with the littlest the most poor people become the most successful people in the world. It doesn't matter who you are, your circumstances. I can look you in the eyes, whoever's listening right now, and I'm going to tell you, you make your own decisions. You create your own destiny. Don't blame anybody else. Excuses are excuses. Just do what you believe and, and make it happen. Yeah. Because if you're going to complain or say, oh, well, he had this, he had that, well, who cares? There's those that do and there's those that don't. Simple. So just keep having confidence. Keep pursuing uh, don't commit, you know, if you're not happy, you know, keep thinking, keep out of the box thinking, maybe get some other outside sources of revenue, a side hustle. You know, that's what I would highly recommend. It's like Kaysen, his side hustle became his career, you know, and it's going to be the life changing moment in his, in his world. So, uh, you know, always be thinking, study up, uh, read up on all of their industries. Don't be locked in. You want to be specialized, but don't, don't be locked into other things. And on top of that brand conversation, the walking brand we are, you have to limit your distractions. And with that, this phone can be extremely, extremely toxic. It is so, we live in probably the toughest generation known to man because there are more distractions than ever. And the ones that are going to make it furthest and to be the most successful are the ones that limit those distractions and manage who they are. Yeah, so great advice. Great advice. I appreciate it. So Ty, as we as we kind of begin to wrap up here, I want you to kind of highlight and I want to I want to focus on that topic because I think it's probably one of the best things said on this podcast yet, which is the idea of, you know, that you can be an entrepreneur without actually being an entrepreneur that you, you know, we're, we're representing our own brand that we walk around each and every day. Talk about that, because I know that can seem um, some people feel like they're not successful if they're not, you know, like you said earlier, Mark Zuckerberg from day one. Talk about what's needed to go into that in the mindset and the process to get there. Not an easy question to say the least. Uh, you know, you got to be, like I said, you got to be a realist. You got to be a realist and you have to ask yourself what circumstances make you commit because as you're supposed to embrace failure, you're supposed to be told, I mean, the worst in a lot of cases, whether you're going to talk to investors or not, or trying to create a dream or, you know, looking for a job, the worst you can be told is no. 
I say this is probably not the best way to put it, but it's just like I always approach it with talking to, to girls, you know. The worst you're going to get told is no. But you ask 100 girls, you're going to get told yes once, and all it takes is once. So just keep putting yourself out there. You cannot get down. It's just part of the process, and you have to embrace and acknowledge that and uh, keep moving forward. Jackson, I mean, what all have you done in your life to build yourself into the moment where you are having a podcast, influencing, giving back, which is critical. You have to have a healthy dose of that and ultimately work into your career. Yeah, I think I think two big things that that you hit on that I want to just focus on. You got to you got to ask questions. You got to be prepared um, and you got to start preparing yourself early. Right. You mentioned earlier, not everyone's going to be Mark Zuckerberg from day one. Um, a lot of people who've been very successful, they work for someone else first. They, but it, during those times, they were working for someone else to learn, to prepare, to be able to take that next step. I know you're kind of doing that right now with the Stone Collection. Uh, you have to prepare, but you also have to ask questions. I think that's one of the best things that, that I like to do each and every day is to ask, you know, just why, what, how, all those questions regarding each circumstance. Maybe it's a specific process, maybe it's a philosophy, whatever it might be. I need to understand the the why, the what, the how behind everything that I'm doing in order to do it with, with my entire being. So I think success a lot of times comes from pep preparation and questions, which goes back to what you were talking about earlier, networking, mentors. You gotta have people to ask those questions to. You gotta have, uh, you know, you gotta be able to get yourself ready for the time whenever maybe you do become an entrepreneur or maybe you move up in a company and you're you're serving as an entrepreneur under a company and you're working under a department like a marketing department or a sales department, whatever it might be. So I think that people, a lot of times we're trained and conditioned in school to not ask questions. We're trained to take information, regurgitate it back out. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? It's they're trying to yeah. prove a point, but at the same time, when you get in the real world, regurgitation leads to being an employee, not an employer. You have to be able to think mm -hmm. for yourself uh, and to ask questions. And that's going to lead to a lot bigger paychecks. And it's also going to lead to probably a lot more happiness in your life, not necessarily because the paychecks, but because of the decision making you have in your life and the philosophies that you get to dictate rather than someone else dictating them to you. You, you hit on one of my life's philosophies. You're exactly right. Uh, why people make it the furthest, you know, watch listeners, watch Simon Sinek's why look it up he's a, he's one of the best speakers of the generation and influencers uh listen to simon sinek's why youtube or podcast that one line or that one dumb question there's no question too dumb let's be clear there too uh that one question or philosophy or mindset or thought rather is all it takes to change your life and it did it for him and a wave of this generation as is doing right now and that's why and a lot of podcasters are completely different because of that one guy that said that and a lot of entrepreneurs and business people and businesses ask himself why he's in business coaching consulting all these different things just because he had a pretty cool thought why 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 you're exactly right so no question too dumb ask them don't stop yeah man well hey we really appreciate you joining the one and done podcast look forward to having you back soon and uh, it's uh, great getting to connect with you and to, and to go over, you know, what's made you so successful in the in the phone business and in the 3D printing business. Thank you for joining the show. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Be sure to rate our podcast and leave a review. Also, make sure to check us out on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook at One and Done Podcast.